Hey, good morning. Welcome to Springbrook. We are so glad that you are with us today as we're kicking off our new series, uh, A New Heart. We're going to be moving through the book of Ezekiel uh, over the next uh, eight weeks, and I am really looking forward uh, to what I believe God is going to do in and through us together um, through this series. Um, if you're following along on our YouVersion uh, Bible app, um, you can uh, go there. You'll find uh, all the passages that we're going to be looking at as well as a great place to uh, keep your notes. Um, but we have just finished up uh, our prayer and fasting uh, series, and uh, it was so exciting to be able to see how God has worked uh, in and through uh, the people of Springbrook as we went through that series together. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to, uh, to make your way by the prayer wall. I would encourage you um, over the next couple of weeks to continue uh, moving through that wall. Uh, you can look through the prayer requests. You can pray for people at Springbrook. You can put your prayer request up. Uh, but we're going to continue um, this um, prayer focus uh, as we move through this series and into the new year. In fact, we're working on uh, redesigning our stage uh, for our baptismal, and I think that prayer wall is something that we've been talking to our prayer team about continuing to do. And so if you want to uh, get here a little bit early um, each week before the service, or if you want to stay a little bit after the service, um, we'll have somebody from our prayer team uh, over there as well. You can put uh, post-it notes up there. Uh, but at any point during the service, if you'd like uh, uh, to put that up, you can just make your way over to the prayer wall as well. But that's going to be something I think that God will just continue to, uh, to stir in us as we keep our eyes on him and keep our uh, focus on uh, prayer. So if you haven't uh, made your way over there, I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, but that series that we just finished up on prayer and fasting, I really believe um, has prepared us for what God has next as we look forward to experiencing more of his Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, that prayer and fasting series was an opportunity for us to quiet our hearts to put ourselves in a position um, to hear uh, from him clearly. And as we move into this Ezekiel series, we're going to be looking at how we experience uh, the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I think the timing for this series is going to be absolutely uh, perfect. I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope you are um, as well. Last summer um, was a time for me where I spent some time in reflection as I was praying for our ministry, as I was praying for what God was doing uh, in my own life, and just really wanting to set aside time um, to seek wisdom and clarity. And so I had an opportunity last summer to go up to a friend's house. Uh, they've got a nice cabin on the lake, and I got to go up there for a week. I spent some time uh, in prayer and fasting and just reading scripture. It was a fantastic time. It was in the middle of the woods. It was nice and quiet. Um, but I remember one day uh, I was uh, sitting at the bonfire. I loved to camp, and so I had a nice big bonfire going, and i just been reading through Ezekiel, actually. And so I was getting hot, so I thought, well, I'm going to go for a swim. And so I ran down to the dock, and I jumped into the water, and uh, it was nice and cool. And uh, not like today, cool, uh, but it felt good in the middle of summer. But I was swimming through, and the water was crystal clear. I could see all the way down to the bottom of uh, this lake. And I was, I was swimming around. I looked down, and I saw this big rock down at the bottom. And uh, I thought, man, it was really, it looked bigger. You know, it's not that big now. But uh, I looked down, and so I started swimming. I thought, ooh, that's a long way down. By the time I got to the bottom, I barely made it way back up to the top. I'd caught my breath. And uh, I held up that rock. It was like some, it was a victory, right? Because, oh, I got to the bottom, I got this rock. And I got it out, and I put it by the fireplace, and or by the fire pit, and the heat dried it out. And I thought, well, it doesn't look as miraculous now <laughs> as it does when it's nice and wet. Uh, but it was funny because uh, I thought that was a cool-looking rock, so I set it over here, and I picked up my Bible, and I continued to read through Ezekiel. When I got to this passage uh, in Ezekiel, in uh, chapter uh, 26, uh, verse 36, 
uh, chapter 36, verse 26. It says this, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove that heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a new heart of flesh. And as I read that passage and then reflected on my rock, I thought, wow, that is just a great prayer. You know, that God would remove my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. And so that has really been my prayer um, over these last almost six, nine months. And this rock has been sitting up on my desk. And so people walk in and they're like, what is that rock doing there? It's like, uh, there's a story behind it. And so I got this big rock on my desk, but it has really guided me um, these last several months as I've thought about, hey, I want to make sure that I am in God's will. I don't want to have my heart hardened towards what God would have for me. I really want a heart of flesh, and I really want to seek uh, what God would have for me. And so this morning, when you came in, um, the service this morning, we had some baskets. I hope you had an opportunity to pick up one of those rocks um, from the basket. So if you didn't get a chance to pick up one of those rocks on your way in, then you'll want to make sure to pick one up on the way out. Um, I want to encourage you during this series uh, to get your rock and put it someplace where it's going to be familiar to you. You can put it on your desk, or you can put it on top of your refrigerator, put it someplace that you can reflect on what God is doing uh, through our time together during these next eight weeks, uh, that God would not uh, give you a renewed sense of his spirit uh, in your life as we move through this series. You know, but this is our heart, you know, and it's hard. You know, get your rock, pick your rock up. You got your rock, hold your rock up. This is our, these are our hearts. And so God promises to take that out and give us a heart of flesh. This is a hard rock. Kind of tap your head. My wife said, don't, don't tap your head. This thing is really hard. Don't, don't tap your neighbor's head either. So just tap your own head if you really feel the urge to tap somebody's head. But do you know what the greatest distance and the whole world is between two points. It is the distance between our brains and our hearts. That 18 inches is one of the greatest distances in the world. You see, we don't have a knowledge problem in the U.S. We don't have a knowledge problem in our culture. We have a heart problem. And that's what Ezekiel wants to tackle. And that's what this series is all about. It's about getting a new heart it's about experiencing more of his Holy Spirit in our life. But our problem is our hearts. It is not our heads. In fact, we know a lot. Our heads are packed full of information. In fact, according to uh, Wikipedia, I'm not a scientist, I don't understand all this, but according to Wikipedia, our brains process the enough information and have more information stored in there than you will find on the entire internet. That's a lot of information in our brains. I mean, think about it. Your, your hands are moving, your eyes are blinking, your heart's beating, your ears are working. Your body is running by your brain right now. And then you can recall information and you can think of things and you've got an imagination. I mean, your brain is packed with information. And we do not have an information problem. It's full. I can remember when I got uh, one of the first home computers by Tandy. It had two floppy disk drives, and it didn't have a hard disk in it. And I remember when it came out, it came out, there was a, I think I got a hard disk. It was $250 for this stupid hard disk, and I think it had like 10 megs on it. And it kept me from flopping my disks around. But, you know, I, got, I grew up with the uh, kilobyte and the megabytes, and then the gigabytes came out. Oh man, it was on sale at Christmas time and I ran down, I ran down to Circuit City and for $79, <laughs> I 
<laughs> you, can get a, you can get a gigabyte drive. I think those things are, what, $5 now. I mean, they can't give that stuff away. We have a new server back in the back, and, and uh, we have got a great technology team. I don't know how much space is back there. We replaced our entire server room with a little black box, and I don't know how much space is on it. I was assured that there's more space on that little black drive than we'll ever use. It's a terabyte drive. That's like 10 to the 12th power. That's our Springbrook server. You know, we've got a lot of information on that server. According to Wikipedia, the amount of information that's on the Internet right now that's being you know, processed uh, is now approaching what's called a zettabyte uh, rating. I don't know. And then you've got a, a yodabyte. I don't know. It's kind of starting getting beyond me. You get down to some of these categories, and the numbers are so big, they don't even have names for them right now. But the human, the average adult male brain, processes enough information and has enough information stored in it that it's 10 to the 45th power. That is a lot of information, my friends. And, uh, and that's just the average adult male brain. Can you imagine how much our, lady, our wives have? Because I guarantee you, my wife's got at least 10 to the 50th power. That's the average adult male brain. And then you've got a black hole, 10 to the 77th. The entire known universe, uh, if they were going to try to quantify the information, is 10 to the 90th power. That's a lot of information, isn't it? You know, we have access to all of that. We do not have an information problem. We don't have an information problem. We know everything that there is to, that we need to know right now. We have a heart problem. As we go through this series, we want to challenge our thinking with our hearts. We want to be men and women after God's heart. And that requires us to be dependent on His Spirit. And that's what we're going to be looking at as we go through this series. We're supposed to have a baptism service today. We had to make some changes to our schedule. This baptismal is going to be here for the entire series. And so we're praying that God would draw people into a relationship with, his, uh, with Himself as we go through this series together. You know, the Bible says that no one comes to Christ unless the Father draws him. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. If you have a relationship with Christ this morning, praise God for his calling on your life. God has drawn us into a relationship with himself through the work of his Spirit. And if you don't have a relationship with Christ this morning, I'm praying that God would draw you into a relationship with himself through this series, if not today. That is the most important decision that you'll make in this life because it affects not just where you spend eternity, but whether you're going to experience the fullness of life that is available to you today through Christ. That's what John 10.10 is. And so our relationship with Christ gives us hope for our future. It gives us hope for today. And that is a heart issue. And so I'm praying that people would make faith commitments through this series. I'm also praying that people would grow in their faith. You know, we have over 20 people at Springbrook that I've talked to in the last six months that have questions about baptism, that want to know more about baptism, or that's their next step. And so Pastor Matt and myself and uh, Bill Atkinson, one of our elders, we're going to be going to people and we're going to be following up with them and asking them if they have questions about baptism. If that's a step that you want to take, I'm praying that through this series, people will be making faith commitments and getting baptized. And so if you haven't been baptized yet, this is for you. We're going to leave this here through the entire series. And, uh, you know, sometimes people get hung up on, well, what am I going to say? And, you know, what what's it going to be? You don't have to worry about it because the Holy Spirit will enter in you and see you right through the process. It's a great thing. And so we're going to celebrate baptisms prayerfully, uh, God willing, as we move through this series. I'm praying that people would experience genuine heart transformation 
as we move through this series. This is what this series is all about. But we don't have an information problem. We have a heart problem. Uh, 2,500 years ago, uh, God's people um, had uh, turned their backs on him. And so they had uh, rejected him. The Babylonians um, have come down. Uh, they've captured all of God's people. And as Ezekiel is writing um, this book, um, he finds himself in the midst of this uh, exile. You know, he has been swept up with uh, the rest of the uh, Israelites that are now in captivity. And uh, if you brought your Bible with you, you can turn with me. Let's read uh, Ezekiel beginning in chapter 1. Uh, like I mentioned, if you want to use the Your Version Bible app, I'd encourage you to do that as well. But you just go to your Bible and then start turning to the left uh, until you find um, the book of Ezekiel. It's right after Jeremiah, Lamentations. If you get to uh, Daniel, uh, you've gone too far. But the beginning in Ezekiel, in chapter 1, God has called him to be a prophet. Um, he's using him to write this letter, and he says this, beginning in verse 1. In the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Shebar Canal, the heavens were opened up, and I saw a vision of God. And so right at the beginning of the book, we see that uh, Ezekiel's in the middle of his uh, exile and God appears to him uh, to place this call on his life. Uh, As you look down into verse 4, it says this, And as I looked, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north and a great cloud with brightness around it and fire flashing forth continually and in the midst of the fire as it were gleaming metal. And from the midst of it came the likeness of four living creatures. As you move over to verse 15, he starts to describe the creatures. He says, as I looked at these living creatures, I saw a wheel beside the living creatures, one for each of the four of them. As for the appearance of the wheels, their construction, there was appearance like a gleaming burrell, and the four had the same likeness and uh, an appearance. And the construction, when they went out, they went forth in four different directions without turning. Verse 18 says, the rims were tall and awesome. The rims of all four uh, were full of eyes all around it. And the living creatures went, and the wheels went beside them. And when the living creatures rose from the earth, the wheels rose. And when the spirit wanted to go, they went. And the wheels went along with them, for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. As you read down into uh, verse 22, it says, The heads of the living creatures were like the likeness of an expanse, shining, awe-inspiring, crystal spread out above their heads. Verse 26 says, and above the expanse, over their heads, there was a likeness of a throne appearing like sapphire. And seated above above the likeness of the throne was a likeness with human appearance. And upward from what had appeared of his waist, I saw like gleaming metal. It was like the appearance of fire enclosed all around. And downward from what had the appearance of his waist, as I saw, was the appearance of fire. And there was brightness all around him, like the appearance of a bow that is in the cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around him. And so God has captured Ezekiel's attention, and he gives him a glimpse of the scene in heaven. Have you ever wondered what heaven looks like? What does the scene of heaven look like from Ezekiel's perspective? He gives us some you know, a little bit of a glimpse. It looks kind of like this for Ezekiel. You've got the living creatures. You've got wheels. And I love the image of the throne sitting right in the middle with glory all around it. That's the glory of God. 
And Ezekiel gets a glimpse of that. You know, as you read through Scripture, all throughout Scripture, there's different types of visions of what heaven looks like. You see a description of heaven in, in Genesis, in 1 Kings, in Daniel, Zechariah, Acts, and Hebrews, 1 John, Revelation. There's all kinds of different glimpses about what heaven looks like. Have you ever wondered what it looks like? I have. My kids have. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. And one of the things that's consistent with the glimpse of heaven is that we know God's presence is there. We know that it's going to be glorious. And we know that it's going to be great. Sometimes I think we can get hung up on wanting to know some of the details, but all I know is this. God is going to be there. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of singing. And so I just love the idea of thinking about a glimpse of heaven. And that's what Ezekiel has. You know, sometimes when I think about the glimpse of heaven. I see the glory of God in different things, not just as I imagine about heaven, but, you know, I can remember when each one of my kids were born, I remember picking those kids up and looking at that, thinking, man, that is a miracle of God right there. Just holding a newborn baby. Sometimes you get a glimpse of something in nature. You'll watch the sun come up, and it's just kind of kissing the earth, and you can see the burnt orange. It's like, oh, that's just beautiful, isn't it? I mean, we get glimpses of the glory of God all around us. You know, sometimes when I walk over by this prayer wall, I feel like, seriously, that I'm, I'm coming into the presence of God when I'm over there. I'm getting to read prayer requests from people that are sharing their hearts, that are trying to connect with a Heavenly Father that loves them and what's a relationship with them. And those prayer requests, if you haven't had a chance to read through them, I would encourage you, pray for one another. That's how we pray for one another. If you want to know how to pray for somebody in this church, go to that wall. If you want somebody to pray for you, Put it on that wall. We're going to leave that up there. And I tell you, when I go over there, sometimes there's just a sense of, wow, there's, the Spirit of God is there because God is alive and he is working in people's lives. And that is glorious. I mean, we just need to stop and take the time to look around. God gives us glimpses of his working all around us if we'll just take the time to stop. And that's what we want to do this morning. As we move through this series through Ezekiel, we want to stop and we want to ask God to change our hearts so that we can see him more clearly, so we can experience a more powerful working of the Holy Spirit in us. We want to be men and women that have a heart for God. This morning, I want to look at three requirements that we learn from Ezekiel's life if we're going to experience genuine life change and experience a change of heart. Three requirements that we'll learn from Ezekiel. And then we pick those up beginning in, at the end of verse uh, 28 in chapter 1 as we move into chapter 2. And it says this, after he saw this image of heaven, when he saw it, he fell on his face. And he heard the voice of the one speaking. And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak with you. And as he spoke with me, the Spirit entered into me, and it set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking. And he said to me, Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel, to the nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed me. They and their fathers have transgressed me to this very day. The descendants are also impudent, and they're stubborn. And I'm going to send you to them. And you're going to say to them, Thus says the Lord your God. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. 
And so this is Ezekiel's calling. And we want to look at how Ezekiel responds to this presence of God. We want to be like Ezekiel with, with people after God's own heart. And there's three lessons that we're going to learn from him as we work through this passage together. And the first one is right there at the end of chapter 1, beginning in chapter 2. It's in verse 28 through verse uh, 1, and it says this. We want to be uh, uh, people after God's own heart. And, and if we're going to do that, we need to be prepared to listen to him. And that's what Ezekiel was when we looked at that first passage. In verse 28, it said this. The appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord showed up. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard the voice of the one speaking. And he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak with you. And the first lesson that we glean from Ezekiel from this passage is, is that we have to be prepared to listen to God. We have to be prepared and expect to hear from him. You know, so many times God does amazing works around us and we can be too busy to stop and to observe and to listen. That's not what Ezekiel did. He was prepared to listen to God. The scene from heaven compulsed him to stop and listen and hear from God. And that's what we need to do as well. We need to be prepared to hear from God. And it sounds easier than it is because there are so many things that compete for our time that if we can just move those distractions out and stop to look, you will see God working. You see, your ability to hear from God has to do with your preparing yourself to do that. We are so busy in our culture and our time that we don't stop to listen to God. Now, sometimes something, you know, uh, magical happens. If you got, I, I would like to think that if the heavens opened up and I saw this scene from heaven, that I would stop and go, wow, that's pretty interesting. I should probably stop and pay attention to that. You know, but sometimes God doesn't speak to those huge heavenly moments. Sometimes he speaks in small things. And if we're not, if we're not prepared to stop and to, and to listen for God, then our hearts are not going to be changed. If we keep filling them up with the busyness and the distractions of this world, we're not going to be prepared to hear from God, and our hearts won't be changed. Our lives won't be changed, and we'll push the Holy Spirit out because we're just too busy. But I love what happens with the Ezekiel. When he sees this glimpse, he fell on his face. When was the last time you fell on your face at something? You know, when was the last time you looked at something and thought, wow, that's absolutely amazing. God is so good. I had an opportunity last week. I was talking to somebody about our Ezekiel series. And well, what are you going to be doing? I'm going to be teaching on Ezekiel. Ezekiel, so I'm explaining what I'm going to do. And they wanted to know a little bit more. So I said, well, it's pretty simple, really. I mean, when was the last time you saw God at work? Oh, I see him working all the time. Yeah, give me an example. Oh, well, it's all the time. It's like, stop for a second. Give me an example of where you saw God at work. And if we, you know, it's an interesting exercise. When was the last time you saw God at work? I mean, if we don't stop and think about that, we're just going to blow right on by it. You know, we have got to be prepared to hear from God. And that means looking at our calendar and making time for that. It means maybe getting up a little bit earlier to do a devotion. It might mean when somebody comes to you and asks you a question, stopping and listening and, and interacting. You know, we have to stop and be prepared to, to listen. That's what Ezekiel does. He falls on his face. You know, last week I was working on a couple of different things, and I had, is anybody else busy? You guys keep busy? <laughs> My calendar seems to fill up. 
You know, I do not like the word busy. So um, I, I sometimes refuse to use it. Sometimes it works into my vocabulary uh, because a busy life is a life that's not prepared to hear from God. So I really don't like to be busy. I like to think that I'm being intentional. And uh, sometimes I'm just really filled up with intentionality. <laughs> sometimes things do get your attention. You know, I got up uh, Saturday morning. I had to work on some stuff. I had a couple minutes. I had to get something done. I was gonna, went to go visit a small group, and I was going to be there for 10 minutes. And I showed up, and it's like, ah, okay, let's. And I showed up, and one of the guys in the group uh, was grabbing his heart and his head, and, and uh, there was something going on with his health. And so I walked by. I go, oh, you okay? You okay? Shake it off. Come on. Let's keep moving. Anyway, so no, this is serious. And so it's funny. It was Brett Fowler. You can be praying for Brett. I don't know if Brett's here. But, uh, you know, it was interesting because he'd had a problem with his, his uh, medication. He was, so we had to take him to the hospital. And so we were talking about, okay, who's going to take him to the hospital? And my first thought was, oh, man, we really should make time for this. <laughs> this is important. And so, uh, you know, we started talking. And, and so, uh, you know, we had you know, a couple of guys were praying. And, and so, uh, so we put Brett in the car and went to the hospital and, I drove his car uh, so that when he got out, he'd have his car there. <laughs> and I left him his keys, and so uh, somebody followed me, and we got to the hospital and was sitting in the lobby. And uh, uh, Tony Lopez, his small group leader, went back to the back to be with him, and Steve Rucky and I sat out in the lobby. And uh, it was so funny because um, I've known Stephen Shar for you know, a long time, and uh, they have been such a personal encouragement to me, but I don't know that I've ever sat and just talked to Stephen. So... Brent was back in the emergency room, and Tony went back there to be with him. And so Steve and I are sitting in the lobby. And, uh, and after a while, your mind kicks out of gear. And you're thinking, okay, I'm here for a while. And uh, I realized we were sat there for about an hour. We sat there talking to Steve. And I thought, I don't think I've ever talked to Steve like that before. It was so exciting to be able to get to hear his story and to share our story. And I walked away from that. And uh, it was so encouraging because that was something that God used to put in my path to stop me. I got to thinking about how many times do I blow by and miss those opportunities? You know, we just have too much stuff going on. But when you stop and you encounter an opportunity, God's presence will show up in an amazing way. And if you want to experience a changed heart, if you want to experience more of God's power in your life, if you want to be a, a person after a heart for God, you have got to be prepared. You know, you need to be prepared to fall on your face. Or you need to be prepared to just grab a seat and sit and talk to somebody. When was the last time you just sat and talked to somebody? I visited a home last week. They had lost a family member. And I walked in, and uh, there was some commotion going on. And so there was a couple family members sitting on the on the couch. And so I walked into the living room and I sat on the floor to talk with them. And they were like, what's he doing? And so I just sat on the floor. I made myself available. We we're talking to the family. We we're talking about, you know, you know, just having to work through the, through the issue and making some plans. But it was so neat because it was kind of awkward. When I first sat down there, it was like, Ooh, this is kind of strange. I couldn't find a place to sit. So it was kind of awkward. Uh, they were kind of wondering what I'm doing sitting in the middle of the living room. And so, uh, but after, you know, just a few minutes goes by, all of a sudden we're talking, we're doing relationship building, and uh, it got, it just, God just showed up. We were able to have some great spiritual conversations. I was able to pray for their family. And uh, if you don't stop, then you're just not going to encounter the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You're just going to bypass what God has for you. We've got to be prepared to hear from God. And you have to be intentional about it. It might be a little bit awkward to start, but if you are prepared to listen, you can trust that God will show up. 
You know, we don't have a uh, knowledge problem. We have, uh, we have a heart problem. And it starts by being prepared to hear from him. Uh, the second uh, area, thing that we learned from Ezekiel that's really important for us is if we want to be, uh, have a heart for God and really uh, experience more of his power in our life is, is that we have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. You see, there's things you don't do in your own strength. Sometimes God gives you opportunities and you take advantage of them. Sometimes you have to look for them. But uh, if you want to encounter a changed heart, if you want to experience more of the Holy Spirit, you have to be dependent on him to do the work. In Acts 1.8, it says you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then you'll be an effective witness. And so we're dependent on the Holy Spirit in us to be a witness. Have you ever tried to Share your faith on your own. Well, I don't know what to say. It's going to be scary. Poor Ezekiel, he had to go talk to people that he knew was not going to hear from him. But he did it anyway. And you know what enabled him to do it? The Holy Spirit was in him. It said this, beginning in verse 2. As the, as the Spirit spoke to me, as the Lord was speaking to me, his Spirit entered into me, and then he set me on my feet. And so not only did the Holy Spirit enter into him, but it gave him the strength to stand up, to go do what he needed to do. And if you try to do things in your own strength, you're going to fumble around, you're going to trip. But when you have the Holy Spirit in you, and you're dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit working in you, that's where the strength to be a witness comes from. That's where the strength to go tell people that are not going to listen to you anyway, the good news about Christ, it comes from the Holy Spirit being in you. The Holy Spirit is in us, working in us to accomplish his plans and his purposes. We're dependent on the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. And that's one of the great things about the Christian life today. You know, the, the Holy Spirit entering into somebody in the Old Testament, that didn't happen routinely. There's just a couple of instances where the Holy Spirit entered into the life of a person, but it was to accomplish God's plan. But today, because of who we are in Christ, the temple has been torn open. The Holy Spirit no longer resides in the temple. He's in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us as Christ followers. If you are not a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit is external. You know, he's out there. You know, John six forty four says that no one comes to the, the Christ unless the Father draws him. The Holy Spirit's drawing you into a relationship with himself. When you ask Christ to come into your life, you're asking for the Holy Spirit to come into you and to give you the power to live out the life that God has for you. We have the privilege today of having the Holy Spirit in us. Every one of us, because of who we are in Christ, has the Holy Spirit in us. And unless we're, not, unless we're dependent on that Spirit, then we're going to be trying to do things on our own strength. And that's where we get into trouble. And so we have to stop when we get ready to open up God's Word. It's okay to pray, hey, God, I'm not sure, I, you know, help me know where to start. Have you ever picked up the Bible and tried to figure out, hey, where do I even start reading? You know, ask God to guide and direct your path. Seek some wise counsel for people around you. But the Holy Spirit will guide you. When you're reading God's word, you know, 2 Timothy 3.16 says God's word is, is useful for training, for teaching, for reproof. I mean, God's word is how we know what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be living out our life. And when we pray in the spirit and ask God to reveal himself to us in that way, God will speak to us with clarity through his word. We talk to God through prayer and we listen to him through his word. But we're dependent on the Holy Spirit through that process. And we need to be dependent on God's Spirit as we live out our Christian life as well. So we have to be prepared to hear from God. And we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. If you are a Christ follower, you know, I grew up doing the Father, Son. I never did understand the Holy Spirit. In fact, when we get to the fall, our small groups, we're going to be looking at a Holy Spirit series. 
And we're going to be taking all of our small groups through the working of the Holy Spirit through the book of Acts as we look at how it worked through the church. But the Holy Spirit is where we get our power. And if we're not dependent on him, then we're going to struggle and we're going to fail. We need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. We need to recognize that he's in us and then utilize that. That same power that spoke creation into existence is in you and available to you to accomplish what he has for you. And so we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit if we're going to experience more of this new life, if our hearts are going to be changed. We can't do it on our own. We're dependent on the Holy Spirit to do that. So we need to be prepared to hear from God. We need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. And the third lesson that we're going to learn from Ezekiel as you continue reading is is that we need to be rooted in God's Word. We need to be rooted in God's Word. Ezekiel 2. God says, go to these people, speak to them. They're not going to listen to you, but you speak to them anyway. And then in verse uh, 10 of chapter 2, it says this, he spread before me a scroll and it had writing on it. It had writing on the front and on the back and there were written many words, words of uh, lamentation and mourning and woe. And he said to me, son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and then go and to speak to the house of Israel. He says, so I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat, and he said to me, son of man, feed your belly with this scroll, and that I might give this to you and fill your stomach with it. And so I ate it, and it was in my mouth, and it tasted sweet as honey. And so what he's referring to there is scripture. You know, he got God's word, and he ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey. Have you ever heard anybody talk about, you know, the Bible... When you read through the Bible, it's like the taste of sweet as honey. You know, they're not talking about eating your Bible. I did that at the first service. I messed my mic up. I tried to put a piece of paper in my mouth. I was like, well, that didn't go over very well. <laughs> That's hyperbole. You know, it's, uh, he's using an example of crumpling something up and saying, you know, eat this. He's, he's talking about be, de- be dependent on it. Read it. Look at it. Internalize it. You know, get it in your mind and in your, get it into your stomach. You know, when we, when we study Scripture, we can, we can read Scripture. You know, I've got to, I try to read through the Bible every year. It's a goal. You know, I'm reading through that. Um, if, if that's my goal uh, and I get to the end of the year, if I haven't reflected and memorized or meditated on it, then it's really kind of a, a goal that's for not. What we need to do is we need to stop and we need to reflect and we need to meditate on it. We need to memorize it. We need to have Scripture rooted in us. It is the Bible that's life transforming. You know, when I read scripture and I study it and I apply it to my life, my life is changed. You know, that's where life change comes from. That's where heart change comes from. It comes from being rooted in God's word. And so we need to stop. We need to take the time to read God's word. We need to be prepared and dependent on the Holy Spirit, but we need to be rooted in scripture, which means we need to study it and reflect on it and meditate on it and then look for opportunities to apply it to our lives. That's what Ezekiel was able to do. He ate that scroll. And then he was able to take what he learned and share that with other people. That's what we're called to do as well. If you want to know how to live out the Christian life, if you want to know God's plan and his purpose for your life, it is found in his word. And if you don't study it, you don't read it, if you don't apply it, then you're not going to experience life change. You're not going to experience a change of heart. You're not going to be a man or woman after God. God's word needs to be central in our lives if we're going to experience life change.
And that's one of the great things about our small groups. You know, when we get together in our small groups, we love the fellowship, we pray for one another, but the studying and applying Scripture to our lives is, what, is where the rubber meets the road. Does that make sense? We have to read it if it's going to change us. You know, it's funny, I remember when I first became a Christ follower, one of the first things I did was I picked up a Bible. And I started reading through the Bible, and I was like, I didn't know that, I didn't know that. I mean, this whole world opened up to me. And so as I look back in my own life, I've seen where God's Word has changed me and conformed me and uh, has changed my heart. I've looked at it in the lives of people in my family, people at church, everybody I know whose lives have been changed, everybody I know who have a heart after God, who are experiencing the Holy Spirit in their life, are rooted in God's Word. It's an important principle. We've got to be rooted in God's Word. And we need wise counsel around us as well. We need to be rooted in God's Word, and we need wise counsel around us. I had a friend of mine that uh, many years ago was looking to go into a business, and uh, he asked me to pray for him, and so we were praying, and I was looking at some different passages with him, and he wasn't getting some clarity. I remember he came running in one day, and he goes, God gave me clarity that I'm supposed to do this. I said, really? What happened? He said, well, I went to go to the phone company to get a phone number for my new business, and the last four digits of my phone number were the same as the street address for the business that I'm looking at. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, that's one, that's one way to look at it. I said, do you, do you have any Bible passages? <laughs> and so we processed through that. You know, it, it didn't, it, it, and that's another story. But it was funny. It was funny because sometimes with the hardness of our heart, we know what we want and, and we, we justify that. Um, but if we're not rooted in God's word, then we, we're going to make bad decisions. Um, if we don't get wise counsel, we're going to make bad decisions. We're not going to be fulfilling God's purpose for our life. We're, our hearts won't be changed. You know, Bill Thrasher in his book, Knowing, uh, Finding the Will of God, says is that um, we don't have, a, uh, we don't have a, a, an information problem. He says what was, what's lacking is, is we lack the faith to do what we know we should be doing. We know what to do. I mean, I can pick this by. There's nobody, there's nobody. I have, I have never talked to anybody, not one time. I mean, around the world, everybody I talk to has at least heard of the Bible. So there's very few people that I would say didn't know that there's a Bible out there. That's been my experience. That's not the case. You get into some places in Paul, some of the areas that we're going to with Church Planting International, this is news. And that's exciting to be around that because people are like, wow, there's, there, there are people that don't know there's a Bible in existence. But I'm telling you right now, in Lake in the Hills, Algonquin, Crystal Lake, Huntley, Penger Grove, wherever you live, we know there's a Bible. Um, people know there's a God, or you know, those are interesting conversations as well. But what happens is, is we have Bibles, but we just don't read them. We just don't get them out. And so when you read through this and you study this, I guarantee you that it will change your life. It will change your heart. And if you want to know more about God's plan for your life, if you want to experience more of his presence in your life, if you want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, you've got to be in God's word. We have to make ourselves available. We have to be prepared to hear from God. We have to be dependent on his spirit. And then we need to be intentionally rooted in God's word. Just to kind of summarize our time together this morning, if we want to have a heart for God, these three lessons that we learn from Ezekiel in the opening chapter of this book will set you on the path to experiencing more of what God has for you. Isn't this going to be an exciting series? 
You know, as we go through Ezekiel, I am looking forward to what God's going to do because I know God's word's life transforming. If we have our eyes focused on him, I know he is going to do the work. You know, there's a couple of different ways that you can choose to live your life. You can choose it your way. You can choose it God's way. There's a couple of different ways that you can choose to live. Um, but Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6 tells us that there's a way that we need to be living, and it's through Christ. And if you do not have a relationship with Christ this morning, it's my prayer that God would draw you into relationship today or through this series. Because that's where this journey begins. Apart from Christ, you can't experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so if you don't have a relationship with Christ, it's as simple as acknowledging that we have sin that separates us from God, acknowledging that our hearts are hard, and asking him to change our hearts. You're asking the Spirit of God to come into your life and to take control and to make him Lord. And if you want to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ, I would love to talk with you about that. There's a place on the back of your welcome slip that says, I, I want to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ. I would love the opportunity to pray with you. Also know that the Christian journey is a difficult one. In Matthew 7, it talks about the fact that this road is narrow. There's a narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in that way. But narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. It's a difficult journey. I don't know if you knew this, but being a Christ follower, it's, it takes some work. It's kind of like a marriage. You get married. Well, it's easy to get married. You say, I do. Okay, we're married. Then the work starts. I don't want to make it, you know, the Christian walk, we need to encourage one another. That's why small groups are so important. We need to encourage each other. We need to pray for one another. I'm in the line at the grocery store. I'm looking to have a spiritual conversation. I see Cosmopolitan. I'm like, oh, gosh, I got guys around me that are praying for me. Protect my eyes, you know. We, we need people around us to encourage us on our faith walk. And it's important. That's why it's important to be a part of the body of Christ. It's why it's important to be connected to a small group. It's why it's important to serve in ministry. Yeah, we need somebody to open the doors and greet our guests. But hey, if you're on the first impressions team, man, those people, they have fun. They pray for one another. They greet one another. Small groups, they're fun. Serving in ministry is fun. It's where you get connected and grow in your faith and encourage in your walk. And so we need to encourage one another. So if you're a Christ follower already, I want to encourage you that through this series, that God would help you to identify where your next step is. Maybe it's baptism. You know, maybe that's your next step. Maybe it's getting connected to a group. Maybe it's finding your spiritual gifts or serving in ministry or just connecting to what God's doing in this local body of Christ. Maybe God has something for you missionally. You should think about what we can do to reach our community for Christ or to be a part of missions, both in the U.S. and around the world. I'd love the opportunity to talk with you about what God's doing in your life. If we can help you uh, through this series, uh, experience more of God's presence, um, you just need to ask. We'd love the opportunity to talk more with you about it. I just want to ask you to continue to pray with me. Get your rocks. Take your rocks out next week. Put them someplace where you can see them. We'll have them available uh, throughout this series. But let's all pray together that over these next eight weeks, God would change us, that he would give us hearts of flesh, and that he would give us an ever-increasing sense uh, of his presence in our life. Let's pray together. Father, I just want to thank you for this day you've given us today. And I just thank you for the work that you're doing uh, in and through us together. I thank you for your word. Uh, God, I thank you for the gift of your spirit. And uh, God, I pray that you prepare our hearts for what you have for us uh, over this next eight weeks and really uh, for the rest of this year, for the rest of our lives until Christ returns. Uh, God, I pray that you would continue to strengthen us. 
God, we look forward to all that you have for us. We pray all these things in Christ's name.